Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Total Bases Podcast Express Show. I am your host, Austin Spiro. Thank you so much for joining me for episode three of the Total Bases Express Show um, live here at the Baseball Life Facebook group on Thursday nights. Um, and then go ahead and you can also go ahead and check us out on the uh, Total Bases Show, the full-length Total Bases Show on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Central. Usually it is uh, my friends Felipe and Sean. This week, it's going to, I'll actually be making a, uh, I'll fill in for Sean on the, uh, on the podcast and I will be with Felipe this weekend. Um, but it's just me tonight. I'm flying solo tonight. Um, and, uh, we got another quick, uh, baseball analysis for you. Good, um, good baseball analysis for you. We're going to be doing some very, very early, uh, very premature, uh, um, picks for next season. So who do I think is going to click? Um, basically players and teams that I think are going to click for next season. Um, I tried to get away from the obvious teams like, oh, I think the Dodgers are going to click. Yeah, obviously the Dodgers are going to click. They're a powerhouse of a team. Uh, the Yankees, people like that. I try to get away from those. And I try to get away from the obvious players, the the Mike Trouts, the you know players like that. Maybe a player you've never heard of or a player you never expected or maybe just a little different take on a player. Not necessarily a player that you would pick to click because they're a power hit but maybe a player that you know I would pick to click because they just get on base or they're a good run producer or whatever, something like that. I'm going to go hitters and pitchers. So I've got two hitters, I've got two pitchers, and I've got two teams that I've got as a pick to click. Um, again, I did all my research based on uh, Fangraphs. Fangraphs is a good um, – I, I think anyway, it's a good comprehensive website for a lot of baseball stats uh, that I need. Um, and it's really good. So I'm going to try and keep this, uh, a lot of stats out of it today. Um, I'm going to do a both. I'm going to do kind of a little, I did that to start my research and then kind of base it, base it on my knowledge of the player and some research that I did of the player and what I've seen of the player. Um, I try to do a mix of both stats and eye test. Um, so let's, let's get going with it. Uh, I see some comments. If you've got, if you've got comments, we're live. On Facebook, go ahead and drop a comment. Go ahead and uh, drop what you think of my analysis live on uh, live on the show here. Let's get right into it. I'm going to pick. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pick two players to click next uh, next year. Two players that you might not necessarily be looking at, or two players that are maybe don't get as much recognition or maybe you've never heard of before. So I'm going to, uh, like I said, I'm going to get started with the hitters. And basically how I started this research was I went on fan graphs and I um, did qualified. I went to the batting leaders um, and I lowered it or I uh, made it to qualified hitters. Uh, that was my constraint. They had to be, or uh, well, I said that it was going to be my constraint. And then one of the pitcher or one of the guys I picked to click is not a qualified hitter right now, but you know, I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but I, and then I decided I was going to look at weighted runs created plus. Now I said, I was going to keep the stats out of it. This is probably one of the only like sabermetric stats that I'm going to talk about tonight. And for those of you that are not sure what weighted runs created plus is basically a small definition of it. I won't give you the history of it. It's from Bill James's runs created and stuff like that. But what I will tell you is weighted runs created plus is essentially it is a metric that attempts to 
um, quantify a player's total value and, and it's measured by runs. Now, the good thing about weighted runs created plus that plus means that it is adjusted for park factor and uh, league factor. Right. Um, so basically it's adjusted for the area for the era that you play in and what and what parks uh, what park you play at. Right. So I uh, decided to look at weighted runs created plus I think is it is a good comprehensive statistic um, that shows a total value of a player. And I decided that I was just going to look at some at some of the players maybe that you wouldn't necessarily think of as a top producer um, offensively. So obviously, you know, you look at the top 10 uh, and weighted runs created plus according to fan graphs, you've got Aaron judge uh, at number one, uh, Henry, I see you in the comments. I, I think obviously you're going to, you know, ride the horse on that. Uh, Aaron judge has got a 196 weighted runs created plus you've got uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Jordan Alvarez, Nolan Arenado, Jose Altuve, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, you know, the who's who of, of, of offensive players, but I decided I was going to look down a little bit and there started to be some players that I was kind of shocked were up here. Uh, you had Nathaniel Lau, you had Andres Jimenez. I was kind of shocked to be up, up there, but one that I've liked for a while that I want to talk about because I feel like he doesn't get as much love as he should primarily because he is not a power hitter. I guess you could say he has eight home runs this year. But he's not a he's not a strikeout guy. He doesn't walk very much. He is very much a contact guy. But he is such a good hitter that he is good for 23rd overall in the bigs among qualified hitters at 137 weighted runs created plus. For those of you that are not familiar with weighted runs created plus, 100 is league average. Okay, so and in any number above 100, that is another percentile better. Right. And if you're below 100, that's a percentile worse. So, for example, this player has a has a 137 weighted runs created plus. That means he's he's better offensively than about 37 percent of the league. And that's good for 27 or 23rd best on on this list. I'm talking about uh, twins first baseman Luis Arias. Um, I have personally really loved Luis Arias. I thought Luis Arias has been here for a while, and really he has. He's been here since 2019. He's played in the big since 2019 anyway. Um, but the problem was he has a lot of problems with his knees, right? He has a lot of injury problems with his knees, and he started out as a middle infielder, second base shortstop. They couldn't really find a place for him. They put him in the outfield, couldn't find a place for him, mainly because he kept getting hurt, right? And he could never find a find a place to play fielding-wise, and then the Twins got Andrelton Simmons, and you're not going to beat Andrelton Simmons when it comes to defensive uh, defensive metrics. So, you know, he lost out on the shortstop job. He was getting injured, too injured to play second. But he's finally found a place at first base. And I think first base is a good place for him um, at this point in his career simply because we, we know he has a, a history of injuries with his knees. So first base isn't going to hurt him when it comes to um, his – when it comes to his knees, because, you know, it's not as first base is hard, but it's not going to be as hard on his knees. Now, when we take a look at it, obviously he's, he's decently fast for people with knee problems. He was rated a 50 out of 50 and 29 or a 50 uh, out of an 80 total scale in 2019 on his prospect report, but he doesn't, uh, I don't think he steals very many bases. No, he's in his career. He's stolen a total of eight bases, which is 
fantastic. What a fantastic metric. But what he does help you with is he gets hits. He makes contact with the ball. And not only does he make contact with the ball, he just flat out gets on base, right? He's slash lining right now a 318 average, a 383 OVP, and a 430 slugging, right? So again, He's not going to necessarily give you a whole lot of power. He's got eight homers this year, but that is a uptick in power from previous seasons. In 2019, he had four home runs. In uh, 2020, he didn't have any um, in 32 games. In 2021, he played 121 games and had two homers. This year, he's played in 116 games, eight home runs. Okay. Now, is that... Oh my God, he's going to be the next Aaron judge. Oh my God. He's going to be the next great power hitter. No, but it is an uptick in power while he's had a little bit of an uptick uptick in power. He's walking at about a 10% rate and his, he strikes out less than 10%. He walks more than he strikes out. Okay. At the moment in 2022, he has 46 walks and 37 strikeouts. Okay. Again, 46 walks is not big. He's not going to necessarily walk but he's not going to strike out either. He's going to make contact with the baseball and more times than not. And he's proven more times than not. He's it's going to be a hit um, in 2019, a three thirty four average, a 2023 in 2020, three twenty one average. His first season below a 300 average was last year in, um, in, in 2021 was two was 294 and in but this year in 2022 he's fixing to have an AL batting title he's in the conversation for an AL batting title at 318 um and I believe if I remember correctly and Felipe is in the comments Felipe correct me if I'm wrong but I believe Luis Arias um according to statistics has been rated as the best as the best chance to have the next 400 season since the last time we had a 400 season, which was Ted Williams, right? So I think he is very, a very good hitter. Um, like I said, and it's, there's a comment in here um, uh, from Bill. Bill, thank you for uh, contributing here in the comments here. Um, it's a great example, actually. Um, he's kind of like Grace, kind of like Grace. I believe his first name is Mark, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken. His first name is uh, mistaking or is escaping me for a second. Um, yeah, he's kind of like grace makes a lot of contact with very limited power, but with a team like the twins, I feel like he is a very good hitter for that twins lineup. Not only that he's only 25 years old. And I, that shocked me because I felt like he was older. So he's still got some seasons behind him where he can produce 300 seasons and he can go for that batting title. And he's getting a little bit of an uptick in power, a little bit of an uptick in slugging. He could very, very well be. Um, he could very well challenge for batting titles and um, be a difficult hitter um, for in that Twins lineup for a while. Um, so that is my first pick to click Luis Arias of the Minnesota Twins. As long as his knees stay healthy and he continues to play first base. There we go. Um, yes, I was right. Mark Grace, former Cubs first baseman. I knew it was going to come back to me. Thank you, Felipe, for helping me out there. Um, my second pick to click. Now, when I first started this, my <laughs> I just I had told myself I am only going to pick qualified hitters. Only going to pick qualified hitters. No, no um unqualified hitters are going to get in there. But I've watched this guy 
And there's just something about this guy that I feel like it, it, it this guy, it, it's weird because not only do I not usually pick qualified hitters as a pick to click, but I don't pick rookies either because I believe very much in the sophomore slump and it takes a lot for me to look overlook the sophomore slump and really think that he's going to be good. But I think this guy, and I think a lot of people know who I'm going to choose already, um, is, is gun is set up to have another good season, um, for the Atlanta Braves. And I'm, and so my second pick to click is going to be Michael Harris. Michael Harris um, has a 136 weighted runs created plus, which if he were a qualified hitter would be right in there with people like Rafael Devers, Alejandro Kirk, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo, Luis Arias, my other pick to click, Anthony Rizzo, Starling Marte. He's right up there in the top 25 uh, or, you know, right in there in the top 25, top 30 of hitters in terms of, this offensive metric in the majors. Now I'll give you a slash line in 84 games. Michael, Michael Harris is, has a 298 average 344 OBP and a 515 slugging 13 home runs. Now in 2022, his prospect and his prospect report, he was rated. He's rated at a 35 game power, meaning in the game, He's rated at a 35 out of 80, which is not much, but he is projected. He has been projected to uh, have as good as 50 power, which is pretty decent. Um, and he's actually got a 60 raid speed. Okay. And then when you, so if you look down here and you look at his stolen bases, uh, he's got 16 stolen bases, 13 home runs, 16 stolen bases, very close in 80 in only 84 games played mind you to having a 2020 season that's pretty darn good in in my opinion and he skipped double he skipped triple a he went from double a straight to triple a now people might you guys might come to me and say well austin it's it's a rookie they're going to figure him out you know and they uh, and stuff and stuff like that and that's why they have that those sophomore slumps is these rookies that are really good they end up um they end up figuring it out and uh they end up figuring them out and then they end up being um, kind of bad right in their second season. But let me tell you this. I was looking at his, I was looking at his uh, stats in the minors, um, a walk percentage of about nine, eight, nine percent, which is, you know, pretty good for today's age anyway. And then you have a strikeout percentage normally in the teens, less than 20%, which again is pretty good for this day and age. Now his strikeout percentage has gone up and his walk percentage has gone down, which is to be expected for somebody that um, skips triple a goes from the major straight to double a. Right. But what I like to see here is actually his, his power, his power numbers are up from when he was in the minors. So, power uh, a rise in power numbers compared to what will probably be what we'll probably see is a um uptick in walks and a um uh, a downtick in strikeouts he's going to go back to his normal strikeouts once we uh uh once he gets really set he has his second year in the majors i think this will be a good player but i think in my opinion, what I think is really good is going to set him up really well 
uh, for success in uh, next year is the lineup that he has around him. He has Ronald Acuna Jr. Now, while Ronald Acuna Jr. has had issues with the with the knee and you know he's had injury problems, he's still Ronald Acuna Jr. I he's another one I could have easily picked him as a pick to click for next year. Right? You have Dansby Swanson, who's had a pretty good offensive year at shortstop. Austin Riley, Matt Olson. You have um, Eddie Rosario, who's a pretty decent offensive player himself. You have an up-and-coming catcher, William Contreras. There's a lot of good things going offensively for the Braves. So I think there are a lot of hitters around Michael Harris. And there's a lot of other hitters to focus on for Michael Harris. So not only is he having a good season this year, I think he's having... I think he's set up to have a good season next year and really be a good a good prospect to overcome that sophomore slump next year. I'm looking at Michael Harris to to have that 2020 season next year and I may even make a bold prediction here and say that he has a 2025 season next year. 25 homers, 25 stolen bases. That may be that may be pretty bold especially for a second year player, but I I believe somebody in the position as Michael Harris can do it. So that that that's my other pick to click. So my offensive pick to clicks have been Luis Arias of the Twins, Michael Harris of the Braves. Let's go to uh, pitchers now. Pitchers, what I did was I decided that I I was going to again look at the um, look at Fangraphs leaderboards, and I was and for pitchers I was going to look at um, ERA minus. And what ERA minus is, is essentially it is a pitching statistic that much like weighted runs created plus almost, um, it basically tells the value of the pitcher um, again in runs and adjusts it for the park. But in this one, instead of plus, you want higher than 100. This one, you want less than 100. The smaller the number, the better. Right. So I decided I was going to look at that. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, and I'm just, I'm just going to, do a quick tangent here for a second among qualified among qualified pitchers the worst era minus at 137 is the supposed ace of the toronto blue jays jose barrios um i just thought that was really interesting it was a weird uh weird stat that i saw there um anyway so i decided i was going to look at it and Again, you're going to see kind of the same people. You're going to see the Justin Verlander, Sandy Alcantara, who's having a great year this year. Dylan Cease, again, having a great year this year. He was almost my pick, uh, one of my picks to click this year. Um, you know, if he gets that walk percentage down a little bit, he hasn't got it down enough for me to call him another pick to click and make that step up. But again, having a great season. Um, you have Julio Rios, Shane McClanahan, Max Freed, those guys. But one that I thought, doesn't get enough love. And I think it's because he's on a losing team that I really wanted to uh, spotlight here um, is Zach gallon of the Arizona diamondbacks. Um, so um, the Zach gallon of the Arizona diamondbacks is a very good pitcher. And I don't think he gets enough love simply because he's on the diamondbacks. The diamondbacks have been a losing team. So nobody has, and they're in a competitive NL West. That's really highlighted right now by, the Dodgers and the Braves or not the Braves. I'm sorry. The, the, the Padres, you know, and the stars on that team. So really what Arizona is doing is 
very quietly very good. And part of that is Zach Gallen, the establishment of Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen is 27 years old. So he's still got some productive years left in him, right? This year, he's got 145 two-thirds innings pitch, 253 ERA. That's pretty good, you know? Um, I think, in my opinion, it's really good. But not only is it really good, here's what I like from this. He's lessened his walks. Walks per nine, two, uh, about two and a half walks per nine. Whereas before, in other years, he's had four, three, four walks per. He is he has lowered his walks per nine by by one whole walk, which is really hard to do, right? Especially when you've been in the big leagues for for four years, like he has. Um, now we're seeing a downtick in strikeouts, but what I notice is his ground ball percentage is going up. So what I'm noticing is, in my opinion. I think he's starting to learn how to pitch and less and less throwing. He's not throwing, he's pitching now. Right. So I I really like Zach Gallen in this way. Um simply because of his the pitch, the pitch command that he has. Right. He has a 50 grade fastball. He's got some okay fastballs. He's got a, he's got a, he's not, he doesn't have a fastball that's going to blow you away, but he's got a good fastball. He's got a pretty decent curveball, pretty decent changeup, pretty decent cutter. He doesn't have anything that's going to blow you away. Right. But what he, so he has, he's a good profile for a more pitch to contact ground ball pitcher. Okay. Now, I think with that profile, the downtick in Ks is going to be okay. The downtick in um, strikeouts is going to be okay. Not only is there a downtick in strikeouts, though, there's also a downtick in home runs, home runs per nine. It's less than one now, which is really good. Um, so I, I don't know. There's just something about Zach Gallen really for me that I feel like is going to, there's a lot of peripheral statistics that you see are going down that really makes me believe that he's going to click and be a really good pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks next year. Not only do I think he's going to soar, I think the Diamondbacks are going to soar here in the next couple of years. I'll talk about them here in a minute. Um, but we're going to go to our my next pick to click. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on a lot because this is the Express Show and I don't want to spend an hour talking about all these guys. Um, but, my, but another pick to click, I am going to say here that I was right about this pitcher. My opinion. I was right. I think that I was one of the first ones to get on the bandwagon with this guy. And some people weren't quite sure they liked this guy, but weren't quite sure, thought he was going to take a step back this year. Not only has he not taken a step back this year, he's taken a step up. He has a better ERA. He has better production this year. Now, this guy is on the Blue Jays. Now, much to Felipe's uh, dismay, I think, it's not Kevin Gosman. Um, Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin Gosman has been the guy that Felipe has championed here for the last couple of years, um, which by the way, I just traded for Kevin Gosman, um, in one of my fantasy and one of my fantasy drafts. So, or in one of my fantasy leagues. So let's see. Um, uh, so Felipe is saying in my, in regards to my, uh, Jose Barrios comment, he thought Kevin Gosman was the ace for, for the Jays. And he might very well be at this point. Uh, it's certainly not Jose Barrios. And then Felipe, uh, Felipe also saying, um, that he, uh, I don't know if that means he likes my prediction of Michael Harris going 25 to 
having a 25-25 season in 2023, or, uh, you know, it may be a little bold, but we'll see. Anyway, the my pick to click is on the Rays staff, but it's not Kevin Gosman, and it's not Jose Barrios. It's Alec Manoa. I really like Alec Manoa. I like this guy's stuff. Okay. He has got a fantastic slider and a really good fastball. He's got a change up too, but you know, I'm not really, I'm not really awestruck with his change up. What I like is his fastball and his and and or I like his slider a lot, but I like his fastball too. Um, and even then, and uh, I'm looking here uh, at the prospect report on Fangraphs, and they're even saying here. We may end up being low on Manoa, who we projected as the fourth starter and having a 2.5 war. Even if he can't develop a better changeup, his slider may be more dominant than anticipated. And in my opinion, he is. It is more dominant because not only has he surpassed that 2.5 war range, he's gone a whole half of a win above replacement up. He's at 3.1 right now. Okay. He, has lessened his ERA last year. He had a great season, 3-2-2 ERA. This year, he has a 2.6 ERA. His FIP has gone down, right? And so I, now the expected stats say that he's overperforming a little bit, but again, expected statistics, you never know, those those change from season to season. He's another one that I'm noticing has, has a downtick in Ks and strikeouts but he's also um, lessened his walk per nine by one run. And he's even lessened his home runs per nine even more. Right. And I, I just, I like this guy. I really, really do. He's got a great slider, great fastball. And you know what? That slider can produce ground balls all he wants. Okay. And I'm, and I'm perfectly okay with that. If he's not getting strikeouts with that slider, I think it's okay because I think it's good enough to get those ground balls. I think it's good enough to be a wipeout slider, but I think he can serve to be a, a ground ball pitcher as well. Um, I like the way, I like the way this kid is trending. He's 24 years old. He's got a lot of good, um, a lot of good productive seasons left in him. I would like to say that I think this is another prediction for me. I think within two years, you're going to see Alec Manoa as the ace of the Blue Jays um, because of the rising age of Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios is Jose Barrios. You know what you're going to get out of Jose Barrios. I don't necessarily think he's going to continue to be the ace. Um, I think Alec Manoa is going to challenge for that ace spot for the Blue Jays here in the next couple of years. Um and you and I'm sure Felipe is checking this, so I'm sure he's recording it and writing it down somewhere, and he's gonna laugh in my face if I'm wrong. But um, I really think that Al, I really like Al, Alec Manoa, so I'm sticking behind that. Alec Manoa is going to be the ace of the Blue Jays within two years. Okay, so that's enough of my um, players to player picks to click. Um, again, my so my hitters were Luis Arias, Michael Harris. Zach, and then my pitchers were Zach Gallen and Alec Manoa. Now I'm going to go to the teams. Okay, so the teams are the teams are harder because you know so many things can happen. You've got injuries. You've got um, 
oh, what else you got? You got injuries. You just got some people just have terrible seasons that you didn't think would happen. Some people are projected to be really good and end up sucking. And you got people that project to suck and end up really good. Right. So it's tough. It's tough to predict what, uh, what is going to click, but I'm going to take a shot at it anyway. And I came up with two teams. And in fact, even though I'm an angel fan and I am an AL guy, I guess you want to say, I guess I'm giving some, I'm giving some love to the NL. There are some NL teams I think that are established and I think will continue to be good. And there is one NL team that I think is going to be good. And I've already kind of alluded to it earlier in the show. Um, The first team that I'm going to talk about here, and I've already talked about them a little bit. So I'm going to get them out of the way is the Atlanta Braves. I think the Atlanta Braves are going to be really good. And I think they're overshadowed by the fact that the Mets have made so many, um, have made so many good acquisitions, so many star powered acquisitions and their owner has been um, outspoken and they've, they've turned it around and they haven't collapsed yet. I don't know. September just started Mets fans. Hope they don't collapse. Um, But quietly, And I guess not so quietly, but at the same time, it is quiet because these are the former World Series champions. These guys have already done it before. They've already had a trade deadline that proved to be the difference to win a World Series. And and I think they got better since then, right? And it's, it's, and they're just getting kind of overshadowed by the Mets. You still have Ronald Acuna Jr., who we know what Ronald Acuna Jr. can do. Will he be able to do that post-injury is still yet to be seen. But even then, you have Dansby Swanson, who's who's going to be 29 next year. You have Austin Riley, who's going to be 26 next year. You have Matt Olson, who's going to be 29 next year. Still going to be productive first baseman. You have Michael Harris, who I've already said is going to be a pick to click. And you've got some of these other guys. Um, Vaughn Grissom is doing very well right now. You have um, Eddie Rosario, who's he's going to be 31, 32 next year. So, you know, who, who knows? But you, you also have William Contreras, who has showed that he can hit. Not only that, but when you rank these guys in terms of hitting and pitching, Atlanta, in terms of overall batting, according to Fangraphs, is the sixth best offense in the majors, right? And then in terms of pitching, uh, pitching, Atlanta is up there too. They're the fourth best pitching staff. Now, at first, I thought that's got to be their starters. And their starters, when you break it down to the starters, they're the sixth best starting, uh, they're the six best starting rotation in terms of fan graphs. And I thought, well, they got to get a little better in terms of their relief pitching, but the relief pitching, they're even better. They got the third best bullpen. Now I'm still a little wary of their bullpen because their bullpen is getting up there in age. You got Kenley Jansen at 34. Um, He'll be 35 next year. You have Rice Ellie Glacius, who is going to be 33 next year. Um, Their youngest guy in the bullpen is Dylan Lee at the moment at 28 years old. So in my mind, you're going to need to find, you're going to need to find some, you're going to need to reconstruct that bullpen and get some younger guys in the bullpen. But I mean, they've got, they've got a few pitchers 
that could that could um, service as some bullpen guys. Maybe they can work something in the free agency or into trades or something like that. I just I think the thing they're going to need to focus on next year is their bullpen. When you look at their starting pitching, they have Max Freed still in his twenties. You have Kyle Wright still in his twenties. He's a little bit more of a wild card in my opinion. Yes, Spencer Strider who has backed up his mouth. If I'm going to be honest, he's, he's ran, he's ran his mouth, but he's backed it up having a pretty good season this year. Charlie Morton is getting up there. And right now their number five is Jaco to So maybe you want to get a couple back of the back end starters, but they've got a good core and they've got a good offense. I think these guys are set up to be established and good for a while. Right. Uh, so that's going to be my first pick to click in the NL. I think they are going to give the Mets a run for their money for the next couple of years. Anyway, is the Atlanta Braves. Um, and the other one, and I've, I guess I've already alluded to this one too. Um, this one I like for other reasons. I like this team because they've improved and not only have they improved, they've improved by a lot and their future looks bright and they're they're in a competitive division but not all, they're 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 in a competitive division but i think this division is about to turn i'm talking about the arizona diamondbacks here i like the arizona diamondbacks first i'm going to talk about their major league lineup their major league lineup is pretty young and i haven't checked the stats but i would be willing to bet it's probably one of the youngest in the bigs right? And you've got some good pieces here. You have Jake McCarthy, who's come into his own right now. Is that going to stay? I don't know. You've got Christian Walker, who what he lacks in average, he gets back in power, okay? You've got Dalton Varsho, who I still like Dalton Varsho, personally, myself. Um, He was supposed to be the catcher, and he's the right fielder. Uh, You've got young guns like Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas. You've got um, Geraldo Perdomo coming up. Um, all of those have proven to be pretty decent. Um, I think their problem is much is kind of the same problem as the Yankees have right now to a lesser extent. I think they need a different manager. I think Tori Lavulo going forward is not the manager for the Diamondbacks. Um, I don't know. Our resident uh, Diamondback fan, Corey Decker, might um, say otherwise, but I don't. I don't know, just the Diamondbacks games that I've seen, he has not made good managerial decisions. And it's been very Boone-like, Aaron Boone-like, in my opinion. Um, But on top of that, not only do they have these young guns coming up into the major league roster, but you they also have one of the best farm systems. So not only are they set up to be good now, they're set up to be good for a while, right? I mean, you've got people like... um, You've got people waiting like Dre Jamison. Um, you've got people, I mean, Jordan Lawler is in the is in the double A system. Uh, you've got, I mean, they've got prospects. They've got prospects, they've got young guys that I can that they can either trade for ML for big stars or they can keep them and see what happens with them. I think they're set up very well. This gives me very much like the um, Houston Astros vibe when they came over to the AL West, minus the trash cans. Um, they are they're just set up in the farm system 
to have some studs offensively um, and pitching wise, you know, like I said, Zach count, Zach gallon um, is one of my picks to click Merrill Kelly. He's getting up there in age, but he's still pretty, pretty good. Um, you've got some younger guys, but again, like I said, you've got Dre Jamison, you've got um, Brandon fat. You've got all of, you got these pros, these pitching prospects that are, probably getting ready to go up um ryan nelson probably you know like i said they're probably getting ready to get up there right so not only that the rockies aren't going to get any better my opinion the rockies aren't going to get any better the giants are okay i think last season was they overperformed and that was kind of it for the next couple of years the dodgers are set up to be still pretty dominant but i think I think the key here is I think the Cardinals are, are not the Cardinals, the Padres. I don't think the Padres are going to last very long. I really don't. I think the Padres are simply going to collapse here in the next couple of years. You have Tatis and you have Machado. And then after that, you really don't have anybody else after that. Anybody they acquire in terms of pitching, just blow up. Um, Look at you, Darvish and Josh Hader and Blake Snell, and those guys aren't dominant like we thought they were going to be. Um, not only that, they spent so much time trying to trade for these big stars; they don't have a farm anymore, so they don't have anybody to come up and 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 replace these guys that didn't work. So I think the Padres are going to falter, and that is going to serve really well for the Diamondbacks to get in there and maybe even capture a wild card spot. They've improved. They went from one of the worst offenses and pitching staffs in the majors to being about the middle, to being about 15, 16th in both offense and pitching. So they have an upward trajectory. And I really think that they're going to continue with these young guns to get better. So those are my picks to click. I'm going to go over it one more time. Luis Lorias, Michael Harris, Zach Gallen, Alec Thomas, um, and then for the teams or not Alec Thomas, Alec Manoa, I'm sorry. And then for my teams, I've got the, uh, Atlanta Braves and the, um, Arizona diamondbacks. Uh, and I think that's pretty much going to conclude the show. So thank you very much for tuning in to the total bases express show. Um, go ahead and you can catch me and Felipe on Sunday at 10 AM central, where we will be reviewing our fantasy league. Um, and lo and behold, it's me and Felipe in the finals. So we'll talk about that going in there. Um, thank you so much uh, to the people in the comments. Keep Go ahead and keep commenting. Thank you to those of you that are listening from, from YouTube. Hello. And uh, audio only. We really appreciate all your listens every week. Um, please continue to um, word of mouth. Uh, give us a five-star review. Um, you know, tell tell. Uh, talk to your friends about us. We uh, would love to continue to make this podcast grow. Um, so yeah, thanks so much. And that is the end of the show. And until next time, have a good one, everybody.